Headquarters to all units. Headquarters to all units. All units stand by for On Patrol with the PPD, airing now on WTBR 89.7 FM. Good morning. Thank you for tuning in to another new episode of On Patrol with the PPD here on WTVR 89.7 FM, Pittsfield Community Radio, simulcast on Pittsfield Community Television, and now available on all of your popular podcast platforms. My name is Mike Wynn. I am one of the co-hosts and co-producers of this allegedly weekly radio program. I'm joined in studio this morning by Lieutenant Matthew Hill, who is getting his final check ride on the soundboard. Good morning, Lieutenant. Good morning. And he is being ably assisted and mentored by Smart Gary. Good morning, Mr. Munn. How you doing today? Good morning, sir. How are you? And we have a special guest joining us in studio this morning, but I'm going to wait to introduce her until after we get a check of the weather and discuss some newsworthy items. So let's uh, go to Jacob for today's weather, and then we'll come back and talk about the news, and then we'll meet our guest. Weather.com for Friday, March 18th. Greetings! Today, partly sunny and foggy with a high of 66. Tonight, cloudy, a low of 45 with rain late. Tomorrow, cloudy, a high of 53 with rain. That's your latest WTBR forecast. For more weather forecasts and education, go to BerkshireWeather.com. I'm Jacob Klein for WTBR, and I hope you all have an amazing day. Cheers, everyone! There we go. I can't help it. Every time I hear Jacob do the weather, it puts a smile on my face. It's awesome. So... I forgot in my intro, today is Friday, March 18th, 2022. Uh, This is a new live episode of the program. Newsworthy items, I think we have to start, as we have for the last several weeks, with the war in Ukraine. Um, You know, it's top of the fold, top of the page, top of mind for pretty much everyone. Uh, If you follow the the national news, the international news, it appears that the... um, the Russians have turned their sights on civilian targets. Uh, we know that, um, you know, last week we discussed briefly a hospital that was targeted with an airstrike. This week it was a theater that was um, sheltering civilians. That's a significant escalation in tactics. Um, President Zelensky addressed our Congress earlier this week. Um, and, you know, our, our hearts and prayer, our thoughts and prayers are with the people of Ukraine uh, and the entire region. It's, um, this is this is horrific, as as has been widely reported, the largest land war in Europe since World War II. More to come on that. Uh, it has been a year, nearly a year, since um, Capitol Police Officer Billy Evans was killed in the line of duty. It was announced in uh, this morning's news cycle. There's an article about it on the front page of the Berkshire Eagle that Officer Evans will be commemorated um, and recognized with a plaque that is going to be placed at a new security checkpoint that's being established at the U.S. Capitol. The security checkpoint is being placed at the location where he, uh, you know, he paid the last full measure. He, you know, laid down his life to protect the those he was sworn to protect and serve, and um, he's well-deserving of that recognition. Let's see, I had one more picked out that I wanted to talk about. <clears throat> oh, yeah, positive note, shift into something. So uh, also, you know, widely reported in the national news, but also reported uh, today in this morning's Berkshire Eagle. Um, this week was St. Patrick's Day, right? Everybody was surprised that I was rocking my, my, my green for St. Patrick's Day, right? sharing with everybody that a couple of years ago I did Ancestry.com and found out I'm you know, somewhere around 8% Irish, so any excuse to celebrate St. Patrick's Day. Um, so, yeah, but the parades are back. You know, great turnout for parades in, in cities across the United States, and they're not done yet. I think Albany's parade is this weekend. Um, so that's awesome. Some some return back to normalcy. And in our final news item, I, I don't know that it's actually newsworthy, but I found out in the news, uh, I had 
responded affirmatively to a request uh, on behalf of the executive director of the post commission to accompany him to a media opportunity in Springfield this afternoon. I was happy to do it. But then I found out in yesterday's Berkshire Eagle that it's a community forum. Uh, it's, it wasn't simply a media opportunity. So hence, you know, had to, had to put on my adulting clothes today for this trip. So we'll see how that goes. Maybe we'll talk about that in next week's news segment. But that's enough. Let's uh, turn our attention to our guest who is joining us in studio today. Uh, before she left work yesterday, she told me she was a little nervous and intimidated, so we have to ease her into this slowly. Um, our guest today is the new administrative assistant in the office of the chief of police, my new administrative assistant, Miss Brittany Walsh. Good morning, Brittany. Good morning, Chief. How are you today? I'm well today. How are you? I'm well, but the lieutenant is going to ask you to shift probably a little bit to your left. Is that left, lieutenant? You need her to move away from that mic flag. Uh, probably a little bit <laughs> yeah, that way. There, there, you, there okay. you go. It's more comfortable anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so today marks two weeks. It does. Two weeks. And uh, we... We did a little debrief at the end of the day uh, last Friday. We'll have to do that before I depart today. Mm-hmm. Uh, we hadn't scared you off in five days last week. You came back for another five days. Yep. So <laughs> you're, you're, you're still on board? Yeah, yeah okay. I'll be back Monday. Awesome. <laughs> That's a relief. Thank God. Uh, so normally when we have a, a guest in studio, before we get to the stuff around work, we just ask our guests to tell our viewers and listeners a little bit about themselves as part of our ongoing effort to kind of humanize the staff at the police department. So tell our viewers and listeners a little bit about Brittany, where you're from, what's your journey been, how'd you end up with us? Okay, so I'm born and raised in Great Barrington, Mass. I recently moved to Lenox last June. Two years ago this May, I graduated from Elms College with my bachelor's in criminal justice. Upon graduation, I took a very brief job with Berkshire Health Systems that lasted probably eight weeks to the day. And then I took a job that was 51 weeks probably to the day, a week shy of a year with Egremont Police Department. I was um, Chief LaForest's assistant there. And a friend of mine actually told me about the position open with PPD and I just thought, it was right before Christmas, I had so much going on, like shopping to do to finish up. But I sat down and, you know, filled out my application quick, sent it in, wasn't really expecting too, too much from it. And then when I got a call in early January, I was thrilled, I was surprised, because um, it had been probably about a month since I had applied. So I went through the whole process and here I am today. Um, yeah. All right. So I have one. I have a couple follow-up questions. Okay. Then we're, then we're gonna we're gonna wind back the wayback clock for a couple minutes. So my okay. first follow-up question is: Was your friend who told you about the vacancy our mutual friend who keeps me well-fed and satiated, <laughs> Lindsay? No, <clears throat> it was not. But I told Lindsay, and she okay. was thrilled. So. Yeah, we love Lindsay. She takes really good care of us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you grew up in Great Barrington. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to assume Monument Mountain. Yes. Yeah. Um, what was high school like for you? What did you do besides show up to class? I ran cross country, and I did a lot of volunteer work. Okay. Like yeah. what? Red Cross blood drives, the Special Olympics. Um, there was actually a group called Pathways that was just all volunteer work oriented towards community health and the promotion of wellness. So... So Special Olympics, mm-hmm. were, you, were you at any of the Special Olympics events or games when the Chiefs Association would come down with the law enforcement torch run? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I don't like that run, but I do <laughs> like that event. Uh, yeah. That, that's always fun. I'm hoping that we get back to some full-size games this year. That would be awesome. Mm-hmm. Okay. So after high school, Elms College. Elms College. For criminal justice. Yes. And I, I don't want to appear naive or ignorant but i was actually surprised when i learned that from your application materials and your resume i don't think i knew that the elms had a criminal justice program i mean like they're they're famous for social work and education and all kinds of of other human services stuff it just didn't occur to me that they had cj how big is the cj program at the elms it's not large it was probably there were 12 students in our graduating class which was really nice we got to know one another we got to know our professors well 
what's the um what's the cj program like at elms is it is it law enforcement focused police focused or is it broad including like probation and parole and corrections it was very broad i had each of those courses that you yeah. just named it was what i liked about elms was they brought in the professors all worked in the field they were actively working so my professor was also a correctional officer also a parole officer also a probation officer also you know a police sergeant i had um a sergeant from westfield pd as one of my professors so. great awesome see i learned something i had no idea there was a robust uh, criminal justice program at the elms so you graduated from the elms mm -hmm. and we spoke during your interview with us. Your area of interest is really parole, right? That's kind of where you, you had set your sights? That was what I was aiming to do okay. upon graduation, yes. What about parole appealed to you? Um, so I had a presentation in my parole and probation course sophomore year where the um, Springfield office supervisor came in with one of the officers and I honestly just thought they were so cool. They were two women. They were I mean I don't want to say the word <laughs> on air but they were, you know, they were so cool. So awesome. Okay. All right. So, you graduate from the Elms mm -hmm. and you had correct me if I'm wrong. Had you gone through a process with parole? So I took the two state exams that they require. I got on the list. I was called to interview once, actually. Didn't get it. But then the test came up again last spring, and I took them again. So my name remains on the list. Okay. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> uh, so then you get out of school. Mm -hmm. You're not moving into parole. So you don't have to give us any details. But did you say two weeks with Berkshire Health Systems or two no, months? No, no, no. Two months. Okay. Yeah. Was that by design or was it just, you know, shifting in their staffing? It was, so I took the job just to do anything during COVID. Um, and then I heard about the Agramont job. I had just completed training with them. So it was pretty awkward to say, see ya. But, <laughs> you know, it was in my field and it was a step in direction towards what I wanted to do ultimately. So I felt it was the right one. So you... Leave Virtual Systems mm -hmm. <clears throat> to shift over to Agramont PD, mm -hmm. where you served as the Chief's Administrative Assistant. Yes. Um, and we've talked a little bit in the last well, basically five days uh, about your time at Agramont. Much, much different police department, much smaller police department. Oh, yeah. Much different pace. But it sounds, because I don't think there's any other administrative support in the Agramont PD, right? There's it's the not. officers and just the admin. So you did some things that, uh, well, your job description in Pittsfield doesn't involve. We're always shifting and trying to improve. And uh, one of the things about your resume and your interview that struck, struck me as valuable to the department is you actually did some firearms administration, some firearms processing there, right? I did, yes. So um, that's that's interesting because we just concluded the interviews yesterday for the vacant records clerk position. And that was one of the things we had to take into consideration was either experience or trainability in the, the Merck's system, the Massachusetts Instant Record Check system, which is the system we use to process, vet, and issue licenses to carry and FIDs. And um, Merck's is complicated and it's not a system that most of our personnel are trained on so when we find people who have that skill set it's always interesting because we don't have a lot of depth and bench strength in the firearms administration section so you were with Egremont for just under a year practically yeah. practically to yes. the week <laughs> Um, and you mentioned during your your intro, your bio, that there it was there was a delay between when you applied with us and when um, you got that first call for that first interview. Mm -hmm. And we talked about this on previous programs about the fact that um, just due to circumstances that I, I'm not going to say weren't anticipated because in two cases they they were anticipated, but we didn't control the timing. Uh, we had three simultaneous vacancies in the 
core administrative staff within the administration and finance section. And that's essentially 50% of the division. 50% of the division left or changed jobs within a matter of weeks. And the we knew one retirement was coming. Uh, that was on the calendar. It was well scheduled in advance. We learned about the second resignation to go back to the private sector basically after Thanksgiving. Uh, and we had the timing on that. And then the plan came together for a transfer within the department. And so going into the month of December, we know that by the first week in January, all three of these positions are going to be vacant. And we have to post the jobs. But we're posting the jobs right before the holiday season. And there was no way that we were going to receive application materials for the candidates for three jobs, screen them, vet them, schedule them, and get people on the calendar before Christmas. And once we realized we couldn't do that, it wasn't even worth starting the process until after the first of the year. It was just dead time. Um, and so, while I appreciate, and it was expressed by some of the candidates, it was frustrating because of the, the length of that delay. It just, it, it was like the perfect storm of circumstances. If it had happened in September or October, we probably could have turned those three jobs around in a couple of weeks. But because it happened between November and December, it stretched it out to almost three months. So, eventually, you, you got the call. Yep. And then you came in for the interview. Mm-hmm. I have to tell you that this round of interviews was probably the most frustrating thing I've done <laughs> as far as um, trying to fill vacancies because they all had to happen remotely. They pretty much everything happened via Zoom. Um, two years into this pandemic, we're, we're like teched up. We got tech coming out of our ears and it's still not problem free. Right? We'd So <laughs> that reminds me, we have to talk after we get off the air, Gary. <laughs> Um, so I'll give you an example and this if you haven't experienced this you know just forewarned is forearmed so we have multiple zoom accounts in the police department we have a generic one that's available for everybody and we've been using that since very early in the pandemic and we have a scheduler for that right so if field training is going to use the pd zoom account they need to know that they're going to have it for a meeting for this time and backgrounds doesn't come in and log into the zoom account at the same time because you can't be logged into one account on the same device so we also have a second zoom account just for the chief's office which we share beyond the chief's office but it's it's essentially for our use so we don't get bumped off of meetings when the rest of the department is using an account and so I didn't realize that when you're scheduling appointments in Outlook with the Zoom plugin, that you have to be logged into the account. So I'm in an interview. I'm conducting an interview. And Maggie and Julie are in the outer office in the calendar scheduling additional interviews. And they open the Zoom plugin to start sending Zoom links to these ca- candidates. And I get a notice that I'm being logged out of Zoom. Well, I'm interviewing a candidate. You know, muting the thing. Please excuse me. Please excuse me. Yelling. Stop. Stop. Log out. It's embarrassing. (laughs) (laughs) But we got through it. So then you got the call that you had been selected to come on board with the department. Mm -hmm. Uh, Can't imagine that that conversation with Chief LaForest was pleasant. I put it off a few days. (laughs) (laughs) I definitely waited till a Friday to talk. (laughs) Was that before or after the officer broke the refrigerator? (laughs) <laughs> well after <laughs> okay. I actually waited till I went through your entire hiring process just so I didn't disappoint anyone when it wasn't necessary you know what I mean so I wanted to make sure yeah. everything was set in stone and then I'm like I'm sorry I have to go <laughs> <laughs> really that's how you that's how you no, it? no 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 I no. I was like I feel so bad I don't know everyone there is so cool so it was a tough exit but it was also exciting and was the position in Agramont full-time or part-time it was part-time and so one of the other things that struck me from your your application materials and your resume is that but I don't was it prior to or simultaneously with you also worked in the service industry yes I waitress currently I've waitress for 10 well not wait I've been in the service industry for it'll be 10 years in May 
waitressing. I could start at 18, so six years. Okay. And so when when we were conducting the interviews at um, at some point late in the interview, I with all of the candidates, in a conversation with you about the unique nature of doing administrative function work in a police environment, particularly in our headquarters, which as we've discussed on many prior episodes, presents some challenges just because of the age and the um, organization of the building. And so, you know, in your words, it, what what were some of the things that Maggie and I cautioned you about in coming to work in a police department as opposed to, say, an uh, insurance agency? Uh, well, the first thing I remember is you told me that people were working in the stairwells, <laughs> which I really didn't know what that meant. But honestly, I think the space is pretty impressive. It's large, so I feel like the fact that you're utilizing it is awesome. Uh, you also told me about how the women's lockup is kind of in a strange location as far as it's not secluded from the, you know, the administrative staff. Um, you guys told me that on like a Monday morning they could be transporting someone to court and they could be, you know, yelling and screaming. And um, I also, when Maggie was showing me the restroom, the fact that you have to go through there, I was like, oh, all right. So they weren't kidding about that either. So you guys were pretty honest and upfront <laughs> about the building's layout. Some of the challenges. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, we don't. We've had experience in the past where we don't put some of that stuff out up front, and then people show up to work and they're, "What is this? <laughs> what have I done?" Uh, one of the other things, experiences that I tried to share with you, but Maggie, Maggie had to kind of give the response, was um, previous employee employees, including Maggie, that we onboarded on the same day that we started a training cycle. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, you know, the, the story is well known in the department, but we onboarded on Maggie's first day and then subsequently with another employee who worked in the administrative assistance office. Um, we onboarded them and we didn't know that the training unit was kicking off a training cycle at the same time. Right. So the person shows up for their first day to work at, you know, just after 8 a.m. And the training unit is down in roll call, which is basically at the foot of the stairs right outside of these office spaces. And the training unit's down there kicking off a response to workplace violence training, uh, you know, active killer training. Um, And the training scenario initiates with a simulated flashbang and then an assault element sweeps the building. And so, in you know, two occasions, first day, somebody's settling into their office, they hear a loud noise, which would, of course, attract their attention, and they go to the door to see what the loud noise was, and a four-officer diamond formation comes blowing up the stairs and into the hallway in pursuit of the simulated subject. Welcome to the <laughs> PPD. When she told me that, I had to laugh because... My first thought was, of course, on Maggie's first day. Like no one else, <laughs> Maggie though. Like. Yeah. Um, so we've we've since learned to deconflict our onboarding process with our training schedule. Um, you know, both of those employees, to their credit, stuck around. I don't know that if I had applied for a non-sworn civilian job with the police department, and that was my first exposure to the police department, that I would have stuck around. Um, but yeah, you know, you live and you learn. Uh, it's. It's not your typical day-to-day admin and finance job. Every day is different. All right, so we've got a couple minutes left before we have to um, go to station identification. What what interested you or motivated you to apply to us? Um, honestly, bringing it back to Lindsay, I hear about all of these things that happen on North Street and the city itself and a lot of times there's police involvement um so I thought you know well there's so much more going on than Egremont that's kind of what it came down to just more work more action more excitement more stories I was in Egremont recently I hadn't been in quite some time I was in Mm -hmm. Egremont recently and uh we went down to join some of my wife's colleagues for dinner and I used to spend a lot of time down there I had a high school buddy who moved down there after we got out of school and I had forgotten it like I I think Egremont is a lovely little, little town but it really 
that, I mean, there are side streets, obviously, but it really is one of those quintessential New England towns with one main road. Yes. It's just like you're on Route 8, and then everything is on Route 8, except the houses and the farms. Exactly. Um, it's, <laughs> it, it's really interesting. Um, and it's one of those communities, like, there's, I, I'm a little bit jealous. There's, like, no streetlights down there. Yeah, there it, aren't. It is one of those communities where when the sun goes down, they roll the sidewalks up. It, it is dark and quiet okay so we're going to uh now i'm going to ask you a couple more questions because we got about five minutes left before we have to take a break okay so you said that Lindsay told you some stories about things that happened on north street or in the city like what kind of stories what, what was she sharing with you um just many have to do with her store and just various shop lifting <laughs> incidences that have occurred on different occasions but also just the people she sees outside the store dancing with boom boxes at 7 a.m i mean <laughs> <laughs> all right i have to I have to share a story about Lindsay, and then i'm going to share a story about um some of our our dancers right? <laughs> so it, so i, I don't want to i hope Lindsay's not listening no i didn't tell her so this. um <laughs> She she can get it on a popular podcast platform. <laughs> so, I get my hair cut um, it, in the same building where mm -hmm. Lindsay's store is. Um, Tracy at that indulgence is great to me. She'll schedule me early in the morning so I can get my hair cut before my workday starts, and that's something that she's been doing for me for a couple of years now. And so, usually, usually, if I don't have an early morning meeting, my routine is I go in there, I get my hair cut, I walk over to the general store. I grab breakfast and coffee sometimes, have a quick little chat with Lindsay, and then I, you know, either go to work or in some cases come out here. <clears throat> and and it's just a routine. <clears throat> Excuse me. So a couple months ago, I'm getting my hair cut. Tracy's cutting my hair. She's telling me a story about Lindsay. And uh, basically, you know, you mentioned shoplifting, right? So it's before the holidays. Somebody shoplifts a pair of mittens out of the general store. Lindsay chased them down. <laughs> she runs the person down, recovers the mittens, but she she didn't share this with me, right? We're you know, Matt, you're in there a couple times a week to get lunch and coffee. I'm in there, or someone on behalf of me is in there a couple times a week to get lunch and coffee. So I finished getting my hair cut. I walked down to the general store. I'm like, Lindsay, tell me about the mittens. And you know, it was almost like I caught her with her hand in the cookie jar. Like she didn't <laughs> want to tell me. It's like we, we got to talk, right? It, you do you, but those are the kind of things you probably should let us help you with. Um, but yeah, she, she, Lindsay's no joke. You, no, you, she's you, weren't get, you weren't getting away with those mittens. <laughs> I don't know what you were thinking. You could tell that just by looking at Lindsay. <laughs> <laughs> she, she, she is one of my my favorite people um, in the downtown community. She's awesome. It's having the general store there has just been a great addition. Right, so, but back to the dancers. This, I don't know how long ago this was. You might be able to help me out, Lieutenant, because you're kind of plugged into this scene. Um, there was, at one point, a fairly popular social media account called Humans of New York. Uh, it, was, it started on Facebook, and then I think it moved over to Instagram. It, it just was a, like a photo montage of interesting people, and they would just take a photo and, and post. I think they might actually made a coffee table book. But a few years ago, I was scrolling, it would have been Facebook at the time, and I'm on that account, and I look, and I'm like, that's not New York, that's Pittsfield. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know that background. And so the, the short version of the story was, somebody associated with that account was traveling through Pittsfield, and as they got to Park Square and they were getting ready to, you know, head west to head back, whichever way they were headed back to the city, um, the the young man who kind of stands on the intersections and dances and and like is a really talented dancer he's not just kind of like you know moving to the rhythm in his head he's putting together well choreographed routines he was dancing in park square when they drove by so they captured him and featured him in humans in new york <laughs> it was amazing i was like that's park square i know that statue and it was our dancer prominently featured so a little bit of shout out to <laughs> um, we, that's not exactly Berkshire culture. It's it's more just like character, 
right? We've got a couple. Mm. We've got a couple people who like to dance in the downtown, and at least one drummer. I heard the, uh, I heard the. I don't know which version of um, indigenous drum the gentleman plays, but do you remember when he used to play in the like alley underneath the uh, the beacon before they they fixed that? We come out of work at the end of the day shift and head down to the McKay Street parking garage, and there would just be a full volume drum concert going on. It was just one dude. It was pretty awesome. All right. So it's 9.30 on March 18th, 2022. It's time for a station identification break and another check of the weather. And then we will be back to continue our conversation with Brittany. TBR forecast from BerkshireWeather.com for Friday, March 18th. Greetings! Today, partly sunny and foggy, with a high of 66. Tonight, cloudy, a low of 45, with rain, late. Tomorrow, cloudy, a high of 53, with rain. That's your latest WTBR forecast. For more weather forecasts and education, go to BerkshireWeather.com. I'm Jacob Plein for WTBR, and I hope you all have an amazing day. Cheers, everyone! Hi, this is Officer Darren Derby with the Pittsfield Police Department. We all have busy lives, and we're in a hurry to get where we need to go. While driving, people are eating, drinking, talking, putting on makeup, doing their hair, checking social media, texting each other, all while the dog sits on their lap. The result is running red lights, stop signs, speeding, and finally crashing. Distracted driving is illegal. You can be ticketed or criminally charged. Please share the road and pay attention. Let's make sure everyone gets where they're going safely. This message is brought to you by the Pittsfield Police Department in cooperation with WTBR-FM. Support for WTBR comes from Shire Brewhouse at the Stationery Factory in Dalton, offering music bingo on Tuesdays, trivia on Wednesdays, live comedy or music on Thursdays, and karaoke on Fridays. Find their menu online at shire.beer, located at 19 Flansburg Ave in Dalton, and from KB Accounting. Having a hard time filling that bookkeeping position? Are you just looking for more transparency from your bookkeeper? Maybe you're so busy you find yourself falling behind on your billing and payments. KB Accounting can help with all that. Online at kbaccountingpittsfield.com or call 464-0245. Hi, this is Officer Darren Derby with the Pittsfield Police Department. Folks, unfortunately, drug use is a driving factor for a lot of crime taking place in our city. The most prevalent crime being theft. Please, take the extra time to ensure that your belongings are safe inside your vehicle. Do not leave anything of value in plain sight. Hide your belongings. Place them in your trunk or take anything of value out of the vehicle. Always keep your vehicle locked. Don't make it easy for them. This message is brought to you by the Pittsfield Police Department in cooperation with WTBR-FM. Good morning. Welcome back. Thank you for tuning in to another new episode of On Patrol with the PPD here on WTBR 89.7 FM, simulcast on Pittsfield Community Television and available on all of your popular podcast platforms. My name is Mike Wynn. I'm the chief of police here in the city of Pittsfield and one of the co-hosts and co-producers of this community outreach program of the department. Joined in studio this morning by Lieutenant Matt Hill, who's working the board. Good morning, Lieutenant. Good morning, sir. He's being coached and mentored by Mr. Gary Munt, Smart Gary. Good morning, Gary. (laughs) Gary's off the mic. And our guest this morning is Miss Brittany Walsh, the new administrative assistant in the chief's office. And we've been learning a little bit about her and um, why she decided to come on board with the police department. And I got distracted before the station break. So I had mentioned, you know, part of the your resume that caught my attention was your work in the service industry, but I didn't elaborate on that. So you said that you've been waitressing for what six years now. Yes. And um, can we can we say where? Yeah, okay. I work at uh, the Barrington Brewery in Great Barrington, yeah. which is an awesome place to be. I love I love the food there. I love the atmosphere there. Like like the beer there. I think one of the last events I was at before the pandemic hit. I don't remember where it's, it was a chief's meeting. It was a it wasn't a meeting. We were doing I think we might have been doing a fun run. But at the end of the event, that's where we decided to go meet and have lunch. It was awesome. Um, but one of the reasons that that stood out in your materials is is I think our viewers and listeners can appreciate not everyone who contacts or calls the office of the chief of police is happy. 
you know some sometimes they're just downright ornery and having experience working in the service industry probably well i know because we've done this in the past translates well to that type of if not necessarily customer service um at least customer management mm -hmm. so we were we and we and you know the staff and i went through the application materials that was something we highlighted that somebody who can work in the service industry particularly in a service industry in a restaurant that is fueled by a brewery might have some experience in dealing with less than happy people yes yeah. definitely it's, it's, that's probably a translatable skill it is um so learning how to work with people trying to meet their needs and keep them happy to the best of your ability and also realizing that sometimes that's not always possible and just dealing with that um yeah. dealing with disappointing people yeah i mean you're gonna there's the customer that you could do everything in the world for comp their meal you know but that's still not going to make them happy at the end of the day. They're going to look for something to complain about. So, you know, you can't take it personally. And in this job, you can't take things personally either. That That is definitely going to prepare you well for some of the phone calls that you are bound to receive <laughs> if you haven't already. <laughs> okay. So what has been the most surprising or um, unexpected for you in the in the 10 days that you've been with us so far i didn't know so many we had so many officers like so many people i mean so i finally know the captains <laughs> i know three people but um just i, I, I saw so the little people. guide sheet you taped to the bottom of your monitor yes i have a little sheet on my computer with all the captains lieutenants and sergeants because i was on my probably second day I was sending out emails to the command staff and addressed Lieutenant Rocca Bruna as captain you promoted yes. you promoted the lieutenant he was very thankful <laughs> but I yeah. felt silly so I was like something's got to change hence my little list there you go we 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 like lists and go bys <laughs> a lists. ton of lists and go bys notes <laughs> uh, so so the size of the size and, and the magnitude of, of the staff has been the biggest surprise. And, Probably. And and you've barely dipped your toe into meeting the staff because right. basically you've only, for the most part, met the command and the and the day shift. Right. Right. And we haven't had that many occasions in the last two weeks to interact with either midnights or evenings. Right. Um, yeah. So we we got the core command staff of our our three captains and where are we now six lieutenants i think we're at six lieutenants um a couple hand you know a couple hands fulls of sergeants uh, both in the you know patrol division and supervising the special units or, or the swing units and then uh you know more more officers and investigators our authorized strength uh, by budget is 97 right now and the total staffing including the uh, the total sworn staffing, including the student officers in the academy, is either eighty nine or ninety today. I'd have to go update the personnel roster. So you have a lot more people to meet. Yeah, I'm excited to meet them. <laughs> okay. Um, other than the size and the magnitude of the staff, as far as just like the function of the chief's office, has anything else been surprising? It is a very busy office. Um, but that's not really a surprise because you warned me about it. So, <laughs> how's the how's the volume of your email so far? I honestly thought I'd be getting more. Oh, we haven't informed but, everybody that Maggie's not the admin still, so um, it, it's going to keep increasing. <laughs> it's just going to keep increasing. We did a count. Um, Maggie and I did a count because she, when she served as my admin, she was my delegate on both my calendar and my inbox, and so she has the ability to see all of my emails then she has to deal with all of her emails many of which are common and then i don't see hers right so she she's actually you know impacted twice but on a busy day it it wasn't uncommon for each of us to receive several hundred emails wow. um and i think 
right before we started the onboarding process for you, I was in a 45-minute meeting, and I got 30 emails while I was in the meeting. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so, yeah, our, our inboxes are crazy. Smart Gary's over there kind of, you know, just trying to ignore this. He gets, you get fairly regular communication from our colleague, uh, former department IT, now city IT head, Mike Stebbin, about the size of my my email inbox it's um it causes problems for the email server (laughs) (laughs) it's 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 unique um i i thought it was funny this no this is a a side but i thought it was funny when we were getting ready to do the migration from the legacy system over to Office 365 that for a couple different reasons, Mike and Maura decided like my email and my file server was like the best test case to pressure test the system. <laughs> we broke the system. <laughs> we, had, we had to do some extra things to, to fix it. Um, that, what was the file? Oh, it was the annual report. Yeah. We got ready we got ready to start working on the annual report and the annual report was gone. Yeah. It didn't make it over to the new system. Oh I'm like, this thing's due today. Where's my annual report? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Prior planning. Okay. So nothing too sh- nothing too shocking other than that the email volume hasn't hasn't exploded yet. Don't worry about it. There's still time. It's coming. Yeah, I'm ready. Wait. <laughs> What, Bring it are you, on. what are you looking forward to the most in this new role? I'm excited to, or I'm looking forward to um, attending the community events with you. Before I started, I didn't realize how often that would be. And then Maggie's like, you'll be going to every Coffee with a Cop, the supervisory roundtable meetings, I suppose aren't like community, but. Not I, generally. Just, I don't know, just being. Not like I didn't realize how much I would be out of the office, I guess I should say, which is exciting to not sit at a desk all day. Yeah, that's definitely the best part of the job getting out into the community Mm -hmm. and and doing things, whether it's through Coffee with a Cop or other community engagement activities. Council meetings, even I didn't realize I'd be attending those, but I went to my first one last week and it was great. It was great. That's not a word. (laughs) That's not a word that is. It was great because I was in and out, you know. Yeah. Yeah, just a couple donations. It yeah. doesn't always go that way. Uh, that is not a word that normally is associated with that event. Um, <laughs> so there's, it, we're we're moving, and we'll we'll talk about yesterday before we get to the end of the show. But uh, so we're moving back towards some type of of pre-pandemic normalcy particularly with special events and that's been a topic of conversation in the last couple command meetings i, I think um miss manship from parks and recreation and community development came over to meet with us on another issue earlier this week and i think she told me that well she was out of the office over the weekend they received 25 new special event application per, or permit applications um that's more than we did in the last two years <laughs> Right, and so those are those are all like new planned special events, and we've got it, we're already detailed for more special events in the month of June than we probably did in the previous two years, uh, and all of that comes with additional um, staffing needs and, and additional demands, and we haven't done. And the reason I'm talking about the number and the volume is we haven't done any of our own. Like, we haven't put together any special event plans for anything we want to do, like Police Week, right? Our police memorial service, which we need to start thinking about and working on now. Um, Because in addition to the special events that we support for other organizations in the city or for other city departments, we frequently do our own. I know that Lieutenant Madalena and Maggie were working on some commendations and some awards for our personnel, and we like to do those publicly. Police Week's coming up in the second week of May, and we're going to be able to get back to some semblance of that. And Chief's Admin is very heavily involved in, in our special events. I haven't had a chance to speak with Darren, but, you know, it's 
the warm weather is coming and we know that Operation Copsicle is going to be in demand. And depending on if we're doing that to support other community events or we're doing something ourselves, like a Cones with a Cop, then the staff likes to leave and go to those. Right. I think uh, in 2019 we did um, it was our second or third Cones with a Cop in the common. And we had to take all of the support staff over there just because there was so many kids and families coming that we needed help with like the giveaways and and kind of the swag so those those are always fun uh and then you know third thursday is back this year and so we'll have obviously a patrol presence there but the explorers had their first meeting last week so that means that um at least a couple of those third thursdays they'll be tabling and so the admin staff gets a chance to assist with that there's just all kinds of non-operational things that we have to anticipate doing, and it's all out in the community, and we all have to leave and go do those sometimes. The only people that don't ever actually get involved in those are the people whose job is purely financial, and even they come sometimes just because it's an interesting aspect of the culture of the place, and it, it's, it is by with no question the most fun is when we get to go do the non-operational community engagement stuff even gary comes I do. he doesn't like anybody so that's national night out yes so we already were, we're already registered with national association of town watch we hadn't done national night out as a department in I think it was over a decade. Um, we started doing National Night Out in 1994. I was I was down at the Resource Center. I was working closely with a colleague from the community, uh, Wendy Chrome. She was with Berkshire AHEC at the time. Wendy had come up, I think, from Philadelphia. And um, Dilly had a huge National Night Out program, and she... You know, she educated me about it, and so we reached out and we started it that year. And by the time I left patrol to to go into, actually, I was still in patrol. Uh, by the time we lost the community policing money in like two thousand and two, we were doing seven or eight national night out events at seven or eight discrete locations throughout the city. Um, it, sorry, or Lieutenant, I'm sorry. You know, th that would be massive. We'd be in Durant Park. We'd be in Tucker Park. We'd be in Kerry Bach Park. We'd be out in Allendale. We'd be at the Coltsville substation. We'd be in the Common all at the same time. But we had, I'm not going to say unlimited. We had a lot of community policing money that we could pump into that. And we don't have that anymore. So when the opportunity came to do something during the pandemic, I think we threw together our national night out plan in like eight days. Uh, and I personally think it was better to do it kind of holistically where we travel to see people where they are rather than stage a static event and have them come to us. Uh, so, yeah, I think, you know, we'll have much more lead time this year. It's always the first Tuesday in August, right? So it's a fixed date. And, um, yeah, that was fun. We, I think we only used, we used less than a, we used less than a dozen staff for that. And we still had a blast. So, and I think, I think the people, not just the kids, the people that we ran into while we were doing it really enjoyed kind of the spontaneity of it. The uh, family that we had down at Durant Park when the canines jumped up on the table, <laughs> that, that was probably the best part of that whole thing. And the, and the kids at the splash pad, they, they lined up. So that was awesome, too. All right. So special events, planning, getting out of the office. Um, so we haven't scared you off yet? Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> Take a little more. You, you, you didn't share my panic yesterday. So... A couple things. One, you know, I am trying to learn to moderate some of my emotional outbursts sometimes when, when stuff goes wrong, when I get disappointed, uh, particularly when I get disappointed with myself. Right? So, it, so I came to work yesterday, 
And I had had a meeting off-site on Wednesday, and in the meeting, I was trying to respond to some questions from the colleagues that I was meeting with, and I'm looking at my calendar to try to give them some dates that I'm not going to be available because I know I'm scheduled to attend training. And I'm in the meeting, and I can't find the dates. And all honesty, Gary, my first response is the tech is broken. (laughs) But I looked, and, and it wasn't broken tech. Everything was syncing. Everything was where it was supposed to be. And then my second thought was, I have the location wrong. I'm searching for the wrong keyword. So changed that up, looked another way. Still couldn't find it. So I go through the rest of the day on Wednesday. I, I don't have time to deal with this. I come into the office first thing yesterday morning, and I go to my computer, and I start to figure it out, and I'm going through a bunch of old emails. And I realize that I have these upcoming training commitments, which I knew about because I had mentioned them in the command staff meeting that I've got these training commitments. I'm going to be offsite. You guys are going to be delegated. And we had confirmed the training. I'm registered for it in the appropriate systems, but none of them made it onto the calendar. And I don't, I don't know where, where that happened. I, know I, I have to assume it was me. I just didn't notify Maggie or, or make the notification or link the emails. But so there's these three distinct training events coming up in the next several weeks and in for each of them one is one is a single day one is two days and one is five days maggie and Brittany had been scheduling appointments on all of those days at lots of appointments and so i realized this and i was honestly afraid that if I told Brittany that that might be it. That might be it. No, enough is enough. It's like, I, you know, we can't have any more admin vacancies right now. So instead, I closed my office door and I went to work trying to fix it. So I got everything on the calendar. <laughs> I blocked everything out. I changed everything. And then I went down the list. And then I just sent an email. And I was like, Brittany, I made a mistake with my calendar. There's a bunch of different things in here. This one needs to be postponed or canceled. This one needs to be rescheduled. This one needs to be delegated. This one, we need to do this. And uh, then I very quickly and quietly hit send. And then I went and opened the door. I was like, Brittany, you're about to receive an email from me. I just want to give you a heads up. <laughs> got a little bit of work we got to do today. Um, but you got right to it. Yeah, I was like, no problem. Yeah, sent you, out a couple you, emails. You untwisted that before lunch. Yep. I, I really, really thought that was going to be like the nuclear option. Like, I'm incompetent. I completely messed this up. It was a lot of conflicts. Command staff meeting. I had moved a command staff meeting to accommodate another conflict, and they had to move it back because I had created this conflict. I'm sorry. <laughs> it, we had like held out for a meeting with Mr. Lamoureux from the district. Mm-hmm. They had to move that one. Lieutenant oh, no. will be attending. Lieutenant's going to attend that one. Mm-hmm. We got to the bottom of it. We did. And we're I, all good. I didn't lose my temper. I I raise, I'm still here. I didn't raise my <laughs> and you're still here. <laughs> yeah. And now we can laugh about it. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. So the community events you're looking forward to. Yes. What, what else? What else intrigues you? Uh, Officer Winston. Officer wins. I'm surprised he's not here this morning. Ugh, I wish he was. <laughs> he he has um he's been busy for the last couple of weeks because you've really only had the opportunity to interact with him like three times. Yeah, yeah. Yesterday was the first time I saw him this week, yeah. and I saw him probably twice last week. But. And he's he's been a little fresh of late. He came into my meeting <laughs> yesterday and ignored me, <laughs> and for the first time in our existence together didn't come up and start scratching or sniffing at my cargo pocket because he knew i had the treats he just basically came into the meeting to deliberately embarrass me he just came in looked around walked to all the officers i said come here winston walked right back out uh, and then as soon as he came upstairs of course he came in because he knew where the treats were so uh and we found out i found out yesterday i don't know when darren found out so um many Many of our viewers and listeners may know that former Pittsfield police officer, and I think recently retired now, the former sheriff's captain, Dwayne Foise, is a nationally certified North American Police Working Dogs Association 
trainer trainer like not he's not he's not like i train the trainer he's like i train the trainers of the trainers he he uh, cross trains handlers and canine teams and dwayne's been doing that um since before he left the service with the Pittsfield Police Department, and then he went to the Sheriff's Department to be able to expand that. He's been training the Berkshire County Dogs Working Group, as well as the Western Mass Police Dogs Working Group, for the existence of those organizations, and he trains on the national level. Last year, NAPWADA, North American Police Working Dog Association, created a certification process for comfort dogs, in addition to patrol dogs and tracking dogs. And we found out yesterday that Dwayne can do the National Comfort Dog Certification. So once Winston and Darren finish their current <clears throat> Comfort Dog Certification, which they're going through with a, a non-sworn nonprofit organization, they will then roll into the National Police-specific certification, which I'm excited about because it will... Um, it will lessen the liability and will allow us to clear them for interstate mobil mobilizations. If we get a call to go somewhere else in the country, we'll be able to do that too. So more to come on that. Uh, in other big news about Winston, um, Winston is now Instagram official. Uh, we, Officer Derby and I had a conversation the week before last, and like you know, Darren had taken a little bit of a social media hiatus. I was like, that that's cool. I get it. I've done it too. But the the dog isn't ours. He's the community's. So we got to make sure that people can find out what's going on with him. So Winston got an Instagram page. So if you're not following Officer Winston, you should do that. Go check him out. His first assignment after getting his instagram page was to go be an honorary lifeguard at the like community dog swimming event at the ymca last weekend he checked in on duty with the community dogs were swimming in the pool he was battling an air infection so he couldn't he couldn't get wet but yeah so winston winston now is like on the official department social media networks big news Okay, so in the couple minutes we have left, you're looking forward to the community events, but you know this is um. Are, tell us about your plans for the future. I mean, obviously you're here with us now, mm -hmm. but you have career aspirations in criminal justice. Where do you see this going? Um, I mean, I could see this being like very long term. This job. Um, I just, I don't know. The whole parole thing is determined based on, um, you know, basically retirement. Someone retires yeah. and then they go down the list. So, so I, I don't have to worry about parole no, calling you tomorrow? No, okay, that's no. good to know. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're almost, out, excuse me, again. <clears throat> we're almost out of time. I'm going to do a quick round here. We, we haven't done this in a couple of weeks. We'll start with you, Ms. Walsh. Plans for the weekend? This weekend, I'm going to go to a comedy show tomorrow night at Smashburger with at a Smash girlfriend. Burger. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Flatburger, not Smashburger. Flatburger. <laughs> Flatburger Society. My bad. <laughs> I was like, I didn't know there was a Smashburger nearby. <laughs> I'm going to have to find out about this. <laughs> Flatburger. Yeah. All right. Cool. Comedy show at Flatburger mm -hmm. Society. Shout out to... The, the crew at Flatburger. Smart Gary, plans for the weekend? Nothing. Grocery shopping, nothing. Come on. Snow's melted. You're not going... I'm going to clean the garages today. And You're not getting an early start on the camping season? Nope. Not yet. May 1st. You're disappointing me, Gary. I'm sorry. May 1st. Not even in April. Okay. Lieutenant Hill, plans for the weekend? Family time. Maybe check out the Holyoke... St. Patrick's Day Parade, and uh, hopefully barbecue somewhere in there. There you go. We, did you go with us when we took the marching unit down to the Holyoke St. Patrick's Day Parade? I have never been to the St. Patrick's Day Parade in Holyoke. If it is anywhere near pre-pandemic magnitude, you are in for a treat. <laughs> you are in for a treat. Uh, that was both one of the most amazing and at the same time concerning experiences of my professional career. More about that when we get off the air. 
It it was something. The the Holyoke St. Patrick's Day Parade is such a big deal that they put out a statewide request for volunteer police officers because they're, they they don't have enough personnel to handle it. So more on that. I'm on a hiatus from school for a little bit, so I get a, a assignment-free weekend, so I get to train. We got an advanced seminar on Saturday, so I'm excited about that. You have been listening to On Patrol with the PPD here on WTBR 89.7 FM. We appreciate you joining us. Tune in next week for another new episode. Who's our guest, Lieutenant? Uh, Andy, Andy Camby. Okay, awesome. Looking forward to speaking with the director. Until then, stay safe, stay healthy, and be kind. We're 10-8.